hello, and welcome to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily Barnard, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I'm a medium, an astrologist, an Akashic Records reader, an artist, and an all-around just silly and curious gal. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the things and people I find fascinating, funny, and inspirational. Things that I hope will certainly make you go woo, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm doing a little different episode today. I'm going to start my interview series, and we're very lucky, and I'm so excited to have my dear friend Sophie Healy with me today. She is, well, I'll let you tell her all the all the wonderful woo things that she is, but she is such a great inspiration to me and such a dear friend. And I just wanted to share a little bit of her energy with all of you today. So welcome, Sophie. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, it's nice to be here. (laughs) So we could talk for hours about pretty much everything woo and even have in a lot of libraries. Yeah, libraries, coffee shops, coffee shops, <laughs> all sorts of random places, mm-hmm. houses. Mm-hmm, yes. mm-hmm. But so all the listeners out there can know a little bit more about you. Um, who are you and what is your woo-woo superpower? Well, I am uh, Sophie Healy. Um, sometimes I go by Sophie Fernandez on my art site. Um, I am an intuitive artist and a psychic medium and a tarot reader and a mom and all the other things. So um, yes, so my my woo power. Your woo power. That's my what we're all about power. here is on the woo. Yes, so as a psychic medium, I am um, clairvoyant, mm-hmm. clairaudience, and claircognizant. So I have the, I see, hear, and know. In things that, yeah. The mm-hmm. things we shouldn't know that we do anyway. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's been, um, it's really interesting because I was very clairvoyant as a young girl oh. and it's slowly gotten um, more claircognizant and clairaudient now. As you've so. aged. Did that scare you as a kid? Were you, was oh, it a yeah. lot? Mm-hmm. It was too much. <laughs> <laughs> way too much yeah I would see a lot of people um things nightmares I mean the whole gamut I I had I was unfortunate to come into my um powers powers my superpowers superpowers. my woo powers (laughs) um to actually kind of know know that they existed when I was living in a really negative um like I'm pretty negative not in with my family, but negative in the fact that it was um, like negatively haunted. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like the normal. house itself was the a house little... itself was very haunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, that was like the first time I started really seeing um, actual entities. And basically, I really do think that at a certain point, my family was kind of oppressed by the energy because mm-hmm. we were all. Um, I come from a line of women it's through my mom's bloodline where we're all um we all have abilities so Mm -hmm. my sister's very clairaudient where she hears a lot of things Mm -hmm. my mom can my mom has that she has like the mom um knowing but it's like on level 10 
So she get away with she, anything. No, no, she knows <laughs> immediately what's going on. Or if any one of us is in trouble or she has a bad feeling, she's just like on like level 10 of that. Um, I feel like she's also clairvoyant and stuff too, but she doesn't recognize her abilities like me and my sister do. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother, I believe, had some um, abilities also. But again, it's like you, we don't really talk about it. Isn't that interesting? I, yeah, I found that so true with a lot of families that everybody knew grandma knew things, but nobody talked to her. Nobody talked to her. Yeah. Yeah, That's just grandma. We just don't go there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And well, so yeah, that's exactly how, how it is in my family. And recently with kind of the the more popularity of mediumship and like paranormal and stuff like that. My, my mom has become more open to talking about it. Me and my sister were like the freaky, scary kids in school. <laughs> we always love ghosts. We love monsters. We love everything. Creepy, crawly, weird, horror movies, all of it. And which I don't know, understand why I would like that stuff when I would see some stuff like that and it would scare me, but yeah. So. Always intrigued by it all. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's what spurred it because we didn't quite know what we're, what was happening with ourselves. We just oh, yeah. knew we knew things that people didn't. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember as early as in elementary school, like guessing, like guessing things people were saying all the time yeah. in like second grade or just knowing things mm-hmm. so I freaked my husband out the other night because I always guess like the extra letters they're gonna pick on wheel of fortune you know what they get like a wild oh, yes. card and they can pick extra ones I always nail it I'm like she's gonna say a and m and she says a m. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks at me with a like, side eye like, that's right <laughs> get away with anything this turn. <laughs> that's awesome that's so cool so okay mediumship intuitive astrology tarot cards yes let's talk about this tarot card business you've got going and and how did tarot your journey into tarot even start because you I mean like you said you were into all sorts of things at a young age yeah so as a so as a medium like I was always the kid at the Barnes and Noble in like the metaphysical section, just kind of tearing <laughs> through the books, begging my mom to buy me something, you know. And um, for me, it was um, really fascinated by the artwork. So I initially, I'm, I am an artist. I went to school to be an artist. I've done artwork, graphic design, um, illustration, painting, murals. I've done kind of the gamut of all artistic endeavors. I was an art teacher even for a while. So I think yeah. that's how I found you. I started stalking your Instagram because I loved your artwork so much. Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well we were fiber people too. We oh, loved that's knitting right. And crocheting. Knitting, crocheting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, we, then I started doing the astrological signs mm-hmm. and then that's when we kind of, I started meeting a lot of people who are interested in that. <laughs> you particular, which is how we met mm-hmm. was you got a reading from me. That's right. And yeah, yeah. And it was the first time I was actually doing readings for people that I didn't know. That wasn't myself. Right. So it was just kind of like, wow, like I could do this, you know. What made you decide to get brave and take other people on instead of just your own? Um, I knew like I knew I knew I was at a point where I was reading for myself that the readings weren't um they were, it was like, kind of like I was getting bored 
Mm, you know, I kept reading for myself over and over again. I would read. My husband is kind of okay with it, but he's not like a huge into it. So I could read for him a couple times. My best friends I'd read, but you know, after a while, it's just the cards just keep saying the same things over and over again. So I was like, I need to kind of branch out. So I think I, I think both of us were kind of at the same point in our lives yeah. where we were kind of putting our toes in the water. And yeah, like, is there anybody else who's into the woo so, out there? Yeah. So it was like, does anybody want a reading? Like real quietly in our Instagram stories. <laughs> kind of secretly hoping no one yeah. knows. And then people started raising their hands and we were like, okay. <laughs> So yeah, so that's where where I started as an adult. I did get into tarot earlier when I was when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in uh, okay, so I'm dating myself, but I grew up in like the 90s. I was like 18, 17, 18. So like the craft and the crow and all these things <laughs> and and goth was big and all this stuff and mm-hmm. kids just loved that kind of like a cold tarot kind of like thing mm-hmm. going on and I was a big into big and it feels rebellious that. and super rebellious mm-hmm. grew up in a catholic household so it was all like oh <gasps> you know yeah. Yeah. the devil card scared the crap out of everybody so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i got my first deck and i did i did buy my own deck which... oh because that's a big deal people say you're supposed to be gifted your yeah. deck but so here's the problem I ran into. Mm-hmm. No one in my family would ever buy me a tarot deck because right. they were Catholic. Right. <laughs> so so Just I Just stand in like, front of no. the store and beg someone, could you buy that for me? Yeah, please. <laughs> See, I also disagree with that energy. I think mm-hmm. it was a way to oppress people getting into it anymore. Too. Yeah. And a bit of fear mongering too. Yep. Like it was some kind of really, you know, you had to be asked thing. to get in. Yeah, the oh. gatekeeping kind of yeah. thing. And to be honest, um, I bought my own deck and I did get scared because I was living in a very scary house at the time when I did get my first deck mm-hmm. that it did sort of freak me out a bit. Mm-hmm. And I ended up um, giving, I did give my deck to someone else and then I didn't do tarot for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then I got into Oracle decks, mm-hmm. which is, are some of my favorite things to come out of it is the Oracle decks were such a gentle way to kind of get back into that, the card divination. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to tarot like full circle and really dove into it the past I think probably five years of just really getting in and learning the cards and learning uh, the symbolism and where they came from. And yeah, so that, and that is my mediumship tool of choice. I love that you say it's a tool because I think sometimes people lean on it as no, it's the only thing I do, but you know, it's just a tool to get you the the full mediumship or the full reading or the, the full experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find that it's, um, the pictures Mm -hmm. on the cards are really good for triggers for me to get that um to get the uh mediumship kind of going so and because you're so visual as an artist yeah yeah so the symbols are really there and it's kind of weird because I'll be reading for people and as they're talking about what I'm reading that's when I start getting the clear audience things mm. coming in mm-hmm. so and I'll even pick up sometimes I will pick up people who have passed too mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. times 
and it's it's really kind of a weird process that I'm I'm kind of learning how to do at this moment. Mm-hmm. So, but the cards play a huge role in in how I read for people. So you said something a minute ago about oracle and tarot. What's the yes. difference? So tarot um, has a, a specific set of cards, seventy eight, with uh, ma- twenty two majors and. Um, uh, I'm gonna do math. Fifty-six. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both so. of our eyes just went like. Whoa. No one can see this. Doing but our math. eyes kind of rolled in the back of our heads, and we we kind of drooled a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the miners, which is kind of the miners, are similar to like a playing deck, a card, deck of cards, mm-hmm. and oracle is something. I feel like. Oracle is more along the lines where they don't, they're more freeform. So they can be more abstract. They can be more, um, they're not so traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, They, the artist can take license or the medium or whoever designs the cards or makes the cards or even reads from the cards. Mm -hmm. It's more of a kind of freeform where um, a lot of people will pull them and it'll be like inspirational quotes or something for the day or used in meditation and stuff. You can do that with a tarot too. Um, and uh, the tarot is heavily influenced by archetypes um, mm-hmm. with like Carl Jung, of course, and his, the archetypes there is huge. Um, there's a lot of archetypes with uh, like religious, the Kabbalah, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, I'm going to say Carl Jung is probably the biggest one with, with the archetypes. What's the history around tarot? When did it kind of start? Because if I'm, I always thought it was a little more ancient than it, maybe his influence would have been. Mm, so, well, so um, from what I understand, and now I am, I'm just going to do a little disclaimer. <laughs> I'm a student of tarot right now. I'm absolutely not an expert not 100 percent um do not claim to be an expert in this there's no experts on this podcast we're all waiting it (laughs) yes we're all learning cool okay so from what i understand is um one of the first decks found was in the um 14th century europe which is possibly from egypt that's what i I found out which is kind of cool um there is actually some um I think there's an onk in a couple I think the emperor is holding an onk there's a couple of cards that do have some Egyptian um symbolism there too hmm. um and then all I think the first when they really started kind of becoming um a novelty was the first documented one was in the 1400s but then like towards i'm gonna say probably a little bit after that they started kind of becoming more of a novelty Mm -hmm. um especially in like the 1900s like the victorian era right they were super interested in Mm -hmm. the occult and and all of that stuff yeah that's when they really got that's when we know the big one um the rider weight deck i believe okay and that's what most people, when they think of a traditional tarot deck, will think of yeah. that artwork. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit 
I don't want to Art Nouveau. It's got kind yeah. of some free flowing forms to it and it's very traditional. Yes. Yeah. Extremely like uh, traditional. It was, um, so the artist that did those tarot cards is extremely influential in my own, in my own work with my artwork. Um, and that's Pamela Coleman Smith. And she was a black artist. She actually studied at Pratt in New oh, York, no which is one of my colleges of like intrigue when I was younger. Um, yeah. But uh, she um, she ended up um, going getting initiated into the um, order of the Golden Dawn. Let me see if I got that right. The the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn with weight, and then he commissioned her to do a deck that was more artistic based, oh, okay. so that like it would appeal to the art world more. Because before and, that, I think tarot looked a lot. Well, it was a lot simpler and almost more like a deck of cards, yeah, like a traditional very, deck of playing cards. Yeah, really similar to the deck of cards. Yeah. I know there is an Italian artist who I believe was one of the first ones to do the deck. And one of the most interesting things was his, the hanged man was upside down. Mm -hmm. And there's like some, I don't know if there's some mystery or some, they don't quite understand why he would put it that way, mm -hmm. uh, why they would actually have him hang. Like that, but I know that also has a bit of ties with Odin, because um, in Norse mythology, Odin was hung upside down, huh. and um, to kind of achieve achieve a somewhat enlightenment, I believe. Interesting. So, or a I, knowledge. I love your study of symbolism. <laughs> oh, so there's so much. That's why I'm I'd like, and I do the disclaimer because I am every time I dive into tarot. And start, and even every time I do a read, there's something different that I learn about it. And there's, it's really a rabbit hole. Once you get started, mm -hmm. it's like you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and keep um, pulling out all this symbolism and, and all this stuff. And it's, it's like a never ending well of like creative, like mystical energy. I, I love it. I love it. I love all of it. <laughs> I love to see you get lit up about it. It is so stinking cute. <laughs> Thank you. So the artwork in the deck has always mm -hmm. then been this more traditional. And and what was her name again that you like so uh, much? Pamela Coleman Smith. She's also called Pixie. There's an autobiography. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have the name of the author, but one that we'll put it came in the show out. Notes. Yeah, and that's definitely on my uh, on my huge tarot book list to read <laughs> because she was an amazing artist. She ended up kind of living a really sad life where like she was really not acknowledged until quite recently. I wouldn't even say quite in like the, the last few years they really started realizing that it was a black woman who did the artwork for mm -hmm. them. It was always attributed attributed to the males who designed right. it. So. Um, but she was, she was an amazing artist. She did artwork for a lot of places and a lot of, a lot of things, but, um, I don't think she was ever acknowledged for her work mm. and she ended up kind of dying, kind of, you know, not very well known. Traditional just, penniless yeah. artist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it was kind of a bummer, but I'm really excited to know that people are getting excited mm -hmm. about her now. Mm -hmm. And her artwork is so profound. Like, and she she herself had abilities, I believe. Oh. She was intuitive. And and I don't know to the extent of her of how far she went into that, but I believe that's why she got into the 
Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and her art, the artwork is, oh yeah, it's definitely like even everything in the tarot, find every color, everything is put there on purpose. Nothing is purely decorative. It is all meant to be, a, to, to give you a message. Wow. So yeah, which makes it so fast <laughs> in like <laughs> knowledge and remembering and so mm -hmm. I was gonna ask you why you think tarot has such a bad reputation but I think we can oh. pretty much attribute that to um the devil card <laughs> death. <laughs> those poor guys which actually those so those cards the devil death um the hanged man is kind of scary the tower um, the tower um you know all of those cards and basically everything in the sword suit <laughs> is kind of like what you know swords is a rough suit to kind of go through but those cards are like the most interesting ones because they're the ones that um signify a significant life change happening mm -hmm. so like with the death card the death of course the thing everyone well, maybe people don't know, but the death card doesn't symbolize actual death. Right. The Someone death isn't going to drop dead on your sidewalk in the next exactly. 10 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. It, or you're not going to die or <laughs> your family members aren't going to die. Like it symbolizes more. It's a metaphor for this part in your life is, is changing. It's, it needs to be, you need to start cutting ties. You need to get rid of things. That's how I read it in my readings is that it's, it's actually a, for me, when I pull the death card for someone, it means that there is a significant amount of abundance coming to them, mm. but they got to clean out their space first to make room for it's it. Like you can't put They're your holding... groceries in your fridge until you throw out the old. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need, to, you need to make sure that you have enough room. So all the stuff that you're kind of clinging to, whether it's old relationships or old, even like things or houses or mindsets, whatever is kind whatever. of weighing you down. Yes, mindsets, especially mindsets. Mm -hmm. You need to get rid of it in order for this abundance to come through. And um, I can't remember which deck it is. And I believe I even ordered it and I have no idea where it is, but there is a deck. Um, that I got and it was so interesting because the um, death card is actually a pregnant woman. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I heard this on um, a podcast called Invoking Witchcraft mm -hmm. and the, the host, um, Jay Allen Cross was talking about it and he said it and I thought that hit me so hard after he said that and I immediately looked up the deck and ordered it and I think it's lost somewhere in the mail which makes me sad, but um, I thought that was so profound mm -hmm. because it would be the start of life. But you're you know? giving up what you knew before motherhood to become a mother. Yeah. Well, it, and it's and a blessing. For those of us, yes. Well, think about for those of us who believe in reincarnation and coming back, mm -hmm. death would be birth, a rebirth, because you'd be forgetting everything mm -hmm. that you had in your past life. So ew, we could go for hours. I'm getting <sighs> chills and I could go for hours on this. This is one of those, like, let's just talk about this with wine and a campfire. Please. Please. Under the stars. Let's Under the it. stars. Yes. So yeah. So 
So death is always looked at as being negative. The devil is looked at as being negative too. But in reality, the devil is, for me, when I pull it, it's a warning that um, you really got to take care of yourself and not, you. basically, it's like the tarot card saying, look, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you need, because in the devil card, the two people have the, um, the shackles around their neck, but the shackles are huge. So they're there because they want to be there it's not because they are forced there they could get out if they wanted to they could they could yeah in the card that's the symbolism is that they could get out if they wanted to but they're okay with the suffering and the Mm. everything they're going through so the devil card reminds us like you don't have to suffer there's another choice you can make but if you're choosing to stay here this is what it's going to be like i feel like tarot cards are like the sassy friend that's just going to give it to you (gasps) yeah yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. around the bush yeah. kind about it they're like no this yeah. this is what you need to deal with right now I have had uh readings before where people come in like super excited and by the end they're just kind of like okay <laughs> it's like <laughs> like like monotone just kind of like what just happened to me and the tarot cards if you depending I had to actually start asking my guides to give them clear and um if it's someone who was looking for a more positive experience, I make sure I ask them for that. Mm-hmm. Because if not, you get the energy of like, here's what you need to know. <laughs> You're not going to like all of it, but you need to know this. So sometimes I try and focus my readings on a more, especially if I know the person is wanting a more positive read than one that's just going to kind of, I don't know, slap them around and yeah. get them back into shape because yeah. it can be pretty brutal, some of them. Lots of self, um, and my reads tend to be really heavy on the emotional end, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm still figuring out like the my way of reading, and that seems to be one of the my tells is that it really hits on a very um, like emotional level for a lot of my clients. Like crying is is big. I feel bad about crying. <laughs> well, I'm sure in yours too, crying is, yeah. as a medium, crying is kind of the big thing. Yeah, you, you know, hit this nerve that needed to be hit. Yeah, and, yeah bring forward oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now that you've used tarot to help yourself and to help others, how, like, how would you how many readings a year do people need? How often do they need to check in with their cards? Um, so I tend to have like, um, I tend to get people, it's weird. Um, I think monthly is good mm-hmm. if you do a full read, which is a big one, which takes like, I usually go an hour, but sometimes I go an hour and a half. And I tend to only read my cards about once once a month. Sometimes I'll go even like two or three months mm-hmm. before I, I feel the need that I need to read my cards again. Um, I'll do on my Instagram page um, for my artwork, I'll also do tarot pulls where I'll do like um, a single card. And I, I try and do that maybe like once a month or once every couple months. And it seems to get a really good response. I feel like it happens um, when I put it up. I don't feel like anyone's going to want to read. And then lo and behold, like 20 people are like, I really needed this. I needed and I'm like, that. oh, holy crap. Okay. So I, it seems to be like when I when I feel like it needs to happen, it, it does. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't advocate for people to get read like more than like a like a lot yeah because it feels at that point I don't think it, it 
there's something that happens where it's either the same messages keep coming but you don't want to hear them mm-hmm. or maybe it's like um I feel like that's where people can get taken advantage of so I personally if someone comes up with uh, no one's come up yet but if someone comes up to me once a reading every week I would advise them not to yeah you know or if if they really did maybe get read by someone else Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing that people don't understand either is you may get read by one person Mm -hmm. and their reading style and their personality and everything and how they interpret the cards does not fit your personality at all right so you may need to find someone else who's you're more tapped into so you connect more and it is all energy based that makes a lot of sense because i I tell people that for mediumship readings too, like I'm not everybody's medium. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to bring forward either your loved one in the right way, or maybe we wouldn't have even connected on this level or this plane, but that's why there's options. That's why you have to go with who you feel drawn to or called to go to. Mm -hmm. And also what they, what they are hoping to hear is like, say half the time, is it what they need to hear? (laughs) And unfortunately spirit, will tell you what you need to hear yeah. rather than what you want to hear so These that's cards a, have slapped that's a me upside the head a few times oh my god yeah <laughs> we won't talk about 2020 no 20, 2020 everyone got the hangman in 2020 i i swear every time i did a reading i'm like well you're stuck everyone's stuck everyone's we're all in the hanged man right now so just let's just calm down and and just be patient it's gonna get better yeah what's one thing that's really wowed you when it's come to tarot that you just are like continuously blown away by like uh, so one uh, one thing that um recently has been like the accuracy of it Mm. where like i think it's like i'll pull a card and and I'm still kind of learning to look up stuff sometimes when I need to. I'm, I'm a teacher, so I'm all about just educating yourself any way possible. And if I need to look up a card, I look up a freaking card because I'm not getting anything intuitively from it. So mm-hmm. I need to get that trigger going. And it's so crazy, some of the accuracy of like, this is exactly what you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, holy crap. This is like... Um, I'm trying to think of an example here. Um, I did some readings last night and one of them was um, like a relationship thing and it touched exactly on the exact like, oh, the exact feeling and emotions this person was having towards a relationship to the point where like after I read um, we had a, she had another friend with another friend with us. I was reading for friends last night, and we all just kind of looked at each other, and like cussed, and was just like, "What? Like, <laughs> I cannot believe that this is like that." Yeah. The other thing is sometimes I'll pull cards um, for people that represent them, mm-hmm. or that I've known, but they'll come up as the archetypes. So like if they have a specific card that's attributed to them um, mm. based on their zodiac sign, mm-hmm. a lot of the time based on their personality, it'll be like, that is them. Exactly. So that's something that's really wowed me. Also the ties between astrology, mediumship and tarot. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't of thought them. of that, how they all tie yeah. together. 
I did, I did a reading once um, for a person and they gave me a deck of cards from a person who had passed. Mm. And that was incredible because it brought through the person, which I'm not, I, I, I tell people when I do my readings, I'm way better at reading the living than the dead. So <laughs> if you want someone to, <laughs> for your dead, I have the exact person and that's when I call you. <laughs> I'm like, Emily, help me please. But um, this time I did bring someone who had passed and it was, I had never felt um, the emotional side of a person who had passed. One that you blend, yeah. Oh, wow. That was incredible. And it was so, um, it was just this really big rush of just hitting on everything. And it, it turned out to be this, this insane reading that she got with her, with her friend's cards. And um, it was all sorts of these coincidences Mm -hmm. that had come synchronicities like through the roof this read and it was so powerful that I'm like okay we've got something here there's something to this now so let's let's, it actually spurred me to go deeper into it and that's a lot I find that a lot with tarot is when I start becoming a little bit kind of lax lackadaisical or kind of just like cool with it it'll do something to bump it up and <laughs> makes me want to go more into it mm-hmm. I'm like that's incredible so what are you working on these days so these days I am so I'm doing I'm I'm drawing um the planets so for me my artwork in, I'm a mixed media artist and I do um a, I did a series of artworks based on the zodiac signs but I call them the flora and fauna zodiac you yay uh, they're amazing yes yeah. you're you're one of my collectors Emily um <laughs> but uh they they all have uh animal representations of the zodiac signs mm-hmm. and plant representations and now I'm not I found out something recently where there's um astrological herb, herb herbism i don't know herbalism oh yeah yeah had no idea that existed until like two weeks ago astrological whole... herbalism yes okay so and it has to do with like ayurvedic med- medicine mm-hmm. too which you know in ayurvedic astrology is way different from western astrology mm-hmm. but there's like the um ayurvedic food systems where you know if you have too much fire then you have to eat water you know, plants or something to provide that balance. Right. But so I, um, I found out that existed and I wish I would have known that like a long time ago when I first started, because I was getting some really good ideas. Um, they attribute the plants to different planets. I did my plants based on some, some of the plants are based on the knowledge of the planet that it's ruled, the plant is ruled by. But okay. then also I took some creative license to add plants that I thought would fit that sign based on how I intuitively felt about that sign. So like cancer has um, stargazer lilies because it's all attributed to like, it's a ruling planet is the moon, which is all like dreams. And in the moon and tarot is all about like the, the reflective side and the hidden sides and stuff like that. So stargazer lilies felt like really something that would be beautiful it smelled 
they smell amazing. I don't know if you've ever smelled starbucks. Oh my god, I had them in my wedding bouquets specifically because they were amazing. Yeah, they smell so beautiful. And then I had um, star jasmine, or it's like a white jasmine flower. I think they're star jasmine. And then I did oyster mushrooms because here my husband is a is a botanist or an amateur. Um, botanist and scientist but he likes to go foraging and for me the oyster mushroom always represents like the the wetter seasons coming sure so it reminds me of water it reminds me of spring it reminds me of that and I believe cancer in cancer season like which is kind of right now you can still find them out in certain places too um growing so I learned not too long ago that cancer season used to start with solstice i mean as things have changed now it's you know our timing is a little bit off but that it was truly the beginning of summer oh wow yeah that Mm -hmm. would fit perfectly Mm -hmm. i thought so too yeah well that's um, so i love your artwork and i love the thought and care that you put into every piece that's in it and sometimes just for a meditation i'll just look at an image and try and pull out what i need to from it while i'm yeah it, it's awesome. your work is really powerful you know I'm yeah. always a collector <laughs> well yeah yeah and I'm working on the planets now so you might be interested to know that after the zodiac signs are done the zodiac signs are done mm-hmm. and you can go on my Instagram and see them and on my website and purchase prints then the planets are getting done and I'm starting with Jupiter probably in the next couple of days oh, so we wow. just did Mars um and so um for I think the, the reason this whole thing is happening is I would love to create. And in fact, that's what um, I have a Patreon for my artwork for patrons, because I do want to start a deck, do an Oracle deck, and then possibly, possibly take on a tarot deck, but I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> but the Oracle deck with the zodiac signs and the planets and, and then use that as with all of the plants and all of the other symbolism, like what yeah. you're doing now, that would be incredible. It would be, and the animals, all the animals. So each sign and each planet is represented by a different animal that I've chosen. Mm-hmm. So um, I think my favorite one was the fire ant for Mars that I just did, oh, because that's... I found out that Mars is also the god, the guardian of agriculture. Oh, no kidding. And ants, ants are pollinators. Sure. So they are typically kind of any pollinator, I believe, would be kind of like a, a guardian of agriculture because without them, we wouldn't have it. Yeah. And plus, they're, they're little stingers. <laughs> they're fiery they little birds. The, oh my gosh, they hurt. <laughs> oh, oh, fire ants are, hurt so bad. So, but the, that's the first thing I thought of when I thought what animal would, in my mind, would represent Mars. And I'm like, those, we, we adjusted my son's playground and we got attacked by fire ants. And I was like, that's yeah. it. Done. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what this deck is going to turn into. And yeah, I hope other people will check yeah, out your I'm Patreon. Really we'll link it down below yes. um, and your Instagram as well. So people can check out the artwork. So just to wrap up, I, I try to do some fun questions at the end so people can yeah. get to know you a little bit more, but um, let's just start with what's your most favorite woo object like your most precious oh, woo object and why so oh i was thinking about this one and i did i 
so can we tell people this is like take two because we were so crazy <laughs> last time and I had I had a woo object this is take two of this interview everyone because <laughs> me and Emily could not get it together last week with the with the retrograde shadow we were, was yeah well people butt. are gonna hear this after but yeah it's like June the end of June so we're pretty <laughs> beat up <laughs> beat um, up bruised yeah all this yeah yeah so of course one I, I have a couple but one my biggest one would probably be my deck because that's how I read yeah. for people um the let's see what is the other rule objects do you want me to tell you what um, it was last time hmm yeah, we could tell about the crystal, this crazy crystal I, I got from very a cool. flea market man. You yeah. think that one was good? Okay, I'll tell happen. that story then. Um, <laughs> it's the one thing that has stuck with me for yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And it's been everywhere I've been. And um, I still have to, maybe if some of your audience members know, but a recorder crystal, I've tried to look up that a couple times. Um, I know it may, maybe it has something to do with um, past lives and possibly like Akashic records, like you're, you've been studying too. So oh, I'm not interesting. Sure. But it has something to do with, with that because there's little triangles. Well, you have to tell us the story. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting out of myself. Okay. So I got this. I was probably about six or seven. And my family are totally big into like flea markets. And here in, in Pueblo, Colorado, there used to be a big flea market mm -hmm. that um, that we used to go to. It was way bigger than it, 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 it is now. And um, just a bunch of people from Wyoming all the way from New Mexico would just come up and kind of, there's like a circuit, I believe, of mm -hmm. sellers that would just go back and forth. And so when this flea market hit, I was, of course, told my mom, I'm going to go walk around. She's like, okay. And, and I gravitated specifically to the crystal. Of course. Like thing. Oh, of course. It had like a light beacon above it. Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know what you need. <laughs> and so um, I went over there and I was looking at all the little crystals and, you know, they're like the tiny little um, ones that are, you know, what do you call that? tumbled and stuff yeah. like that yeah, and yeah. just quartz crystals and things like that and then they had the bigger ones and, and the really cool stuff um and I was looking at them and the guy who was selling me the crystals looks at me and he was kind of telling me about each one and I was like oh that's really cool and I think I bought maybe like five dollars worth of like tumbled stones I didn't had no idea what I was I was seven so it's <laughs> like these are pretty you know yeah. and then he goes here take this and he gives me seriously this big what is it about four inches by like three inch mm -hmm. wide yeah it's about the size of a business card a little bigger yeah it's like a and it's heavy like a paperweight and I was like are you serious and he goes yeah you keep this mm. and I was like holy crap and so I kept it and I have no idea why he gave it to me um really sweet guy just like wanted to share the love of crystals mm -hmm. but um it's followed me throughout my life and i've kept it everywhere i go and have learned little bits about it so like a recorder stone which has if you look at it in a certain angle it has these little and in fact he told me this now that i remember there's little pyramids in it like mm -hmm. etched into the surface mm -hmm. and it's really such a, a, a unique thing 
but it has I kind of feel like it's like the dark crystal <laughs> you know like something out of there where it's like my magic source of power or something yeah. but I've kept it for so I'm not I mean I've had it for almost 30 years so wow. and it's followed me everywhere I've gone to it survived me moving away to college it survived high school <laughs> everywhere just had it so I'm keeping it I'll probably will it to my son at some point be like thanks mom for this crystal <laughs> i feel like it's a rock <laughs> it's a rock mom. <laughs> yeah he's very practical he's he very is, grounded he's a virgo he's a, but he's he's a virgo taurus so that's yeah i feel like he's gonna be a collector he's gonna love shiny things oh yeah he already yeah. does <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right and my second favorite question for my interviewers um <laughs> you're gone, you've passed away, you're dead and gone, and someone wants to leave an offering on an altar for you, you know, to summon you back, to ask you to come in and pay attention to them for a day. What do they place on the altar to get your attention? Okay, well, it's gonna have to be my son because he's gonna have to bring my crystal. (laughs) Put it on there. (laughs) And a cup of coffee, absolutely like really good coffee like a good cup of coffee we're not talking uh, Starbucks here no something good like I want like um you know the crema and the long draw and like something really tasty you know (laughs) a shot of espresso with a a lemon curl on the side and you know madeleines or something oh yeah like coffee Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and probably you know probably some art supplies maybe (laughs) you know maybe my ipad <laughs> iPad, some markers. <laughs> yeah, markers, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that stuff. I think that would summon me back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I love it. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for joining me today. Yes. You know, we could talk for hours about everything. And I know you'll be back on the website or on the podcast because I won't let you not be. So oh, I would love to be back on the web on, on the website. On the website. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah and we'll talk about more woo-woo things because yes oh yeah so yeah much uh thanks be for being Yay, here no problem <laughs> thank you and i'll put all the links to sophie's wonderful products and her offerings in the show notes and thank you all again for listening today and we'll catch you next time on Yay. things that make you go woo I hope you enjoyed today's episode of things that make you go woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and her stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, Emily and her stars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time on things that make you go woo.